follow us on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Tag Team Podcast. On Twitter, at Tag Team Podcast. On Google Plus, the Tag Team Podcast. Email us, at the Tag Team Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail on the tagline. 6016544 tag that's 6016544824 you can also listen on soundcloud by searching the tag team podcast you're listening to the tag team podcast the podcast that is a wwe network companion currently covering 1984 wwf tuesday night titans and now here are your tag team podcast host jeff jones and john burke Happy National Failure Day, and this TNT episode seems like it's celebrating it. With high spirits. Total failure. Repeat city. National Failure Day. Well, I don't know if that's the day that it's acceptable to get an F on your report card or what. I don't know. It is National Hug Day, December 4th. I was celebrating August 15th. Oh. Yeah, when it's dropping out when we're talking about yeah. All right. The website just says December 4th. In 1984, it was International Hug Day. That's all I'm well, with your failure, I'll give you a hug. There you go. There you go. <laughs> From the past. <laughs> Making the world a better place one hug at a time. There you go. So what is going on with you? Because nothing is going on with me. More gazebo time. Yes. Actually, we first cookout we had, we ordered a small grill that sat on the ground. That worked out well, as you'd think it would. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so an hour later, the burgers were done and the hot dogs were done. So we're like, oh, we have to do something better. I dealt to Walmart and ordered a $20 grill. Uh-oh. Yeah. Living large. Yeah. Telling you. Budgets. Yeah, it was a hell of a lot better than it did the last time. So yeah, it was a better success. But since I had the gazebo, I'm cooking out more, grilling more everything. Really learning how to grill different meats and vegetables and all that good stuff. I, I make a suggestion that those foods, they make their own sausages. They got some pretty good sausages in there. I've had their jalapeno ones. They got some cheese ones. They have some other ones that aren't as good. They're more like a breakfast timey sausage, but these are like smoked sausages, the ones that I'm talking about. It's usually by their meat section. I may take a gander. Yeah. If I take a stroll to Winston, I may have to take a gander up there. Right up the road from me, actually, we have a meat market where a butcher... Oh, you won. Sorry. He cut his meat daily weekly i don't know however much it goes out of stock i guess but i don't see a cow hanging around back there so i don't know how fresh the cut is <laughs> but pretty sure it's pretty fresh a lot of less dogs and cats hanging out than used to be before that place opened actually i have a story for you with cats and dogs now that you mentioned that uh-oh plug your ears kids some listeners may find the following clip disturbing Parental discretion is advised. Okay. Legal stun. Continue. Man, the missus had this great idea to go get some quote, quote, antique furniture from somebody that she knows. This means Jeff moves furniture. That's all I heard. I didn't hear anything else. <laughs> so as I was getting the U-Haul, I had to go down off Main Street, downtown Winston. All right. There's a U-Haul place there. Trust me. Okay. It's on the corner of Marshall Street, 2nd and Marshall. So in there, I went and signed. She signed off on the paperwork saying, yeah, I said, get the insurance. We might need it. Why do we need insurance? Well, if I get angry and have a road rage moment. The back of this U-Haul may go through a car. I want to be covered, all I'm saying. And the precious cargo that's in it. So we got the insurance. We signed off. And she handed the key to her and said, okay, you see these three numbers on the key? This matches the side of the door. There's going to be a number on the side of the door. That's your truck. She hands me the keys and says, all right, I'll see you there. Great. I go down the stairs and there's four U-Hauls identical. Guess what's not on the side of the door? Numbers. Matching numbers. So guess what I have to do? Jump through the passenger side because whoever parked the u 
U-Hauls parked it so close against the cement wall, you couldn't open the door. Probably for anti-theft device downtown style. I don't know what the newfound technology is that they're using. <laughs> So I had to hop in the passenger side door, attempt to crank the switch. Of course, my U-Haul is on the back end of the two. So 30 minutes later, I'm able to maneuver the U-Haul out of the spot without hitting anything, which I was covered. I should just went ahead and took everything out while I was out there because I had bought the entrance, but I didn't. I pull up to make a right because it's a one-way street. And what sits in front of me? Chinese cuisine restaurant. And what's under the Chinese cuisine restaurant? C and D cuisine. I'm just saying. And I believe I took a picture and I may send it to you for proof. Sounds like a good Facebook post as well. Yes. <laughs> I seen that and I thought, this is, yeah, this is it. This is not even New York. This is North Carolina. We've cracked the Chinese code. <laughs> and then some. Hey, so what happens when you don't follow Bob Barker, folks? Spade, neuter, whatever. Or Chinese food, yeah. Yes. So I thought that was very interesting. Now that you brought up the cat and dog. Most unusual. Very unusual. So after that was done and the hell of moving furniture, we got everything back up to the house safely and everything was fine. But anyways, back to the gazebo story. So other than that, grilling, that's it. Other than today, other than the bum rush to get anything done. I've been up since 5.30 yesterday morning and we're going on midnight. So this should be an interesting podcast for everybody. With no pick-me-ups, no white powder go. We are glad that you will pass the wellness policy, even though we don't test here. Oh, yeah. I'm not on payroll, so I <laughs> think, okay. But I guess the other thing is it's almost back to school time. Yes, my favorite time of the year as well. Just like less traffic. As long as I don't have to go to work at 7.30 or I leave at 7.30, I'm good with back school. Not only are there youngins back in school, but all the pens, paper, glue, and all that's 50 cents versus being a dollar five, dollar ten, two dollars. So I go stock up on my pens and papers too while I'm at it. I don't blame me there. I could use some pens. They mysteriously disappear when I'm not here. Hmm. Yeah. I have to get Joe Friday on that. Possibility. As long as he can bring Kamala. Probably need to set up some cameras to see where these pins are walking off. It's very annoying, though. I had a whole box full of them, and now I got like four, none of them right. So I wonder why those were left behind. Savages could have just took the whole box. Exactly. <laughs> that box has false hope all in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to love it. Other than that, that's been my two-week hiatus. You win the productivity award. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> need to make a comeback it's not looking hopeful but who knows this is definitely getting old <laughs> winning is not everything it's supposed to be kids <laughs> sometimes you need to lay back and let somebody else enjoy the spotlight we all have another family tree thing to to make coming on like i did for blackjack down the road who knows you know what you need to do actually once you get two or three more family trees done we need to email salvatore Belombo and see if we can make a boat have a family boat <laughs> See if he's still on the market. This would be a very good idea. I would like to make a boat for you guys. Oh, I got some old school WDF magazines. I'm pretty sure I can get a hold of. <laughs> I'm letting him live that nostalgia all the way. Should have some YouTube tutorials out there. I don't know. He didn't seem like he was very happy in sharing any kind of information on the how dos on that. He was very to himself and to the corner with all of his thing. I have this market. There's no way you're going to take it from me. Don't make me fire these paper cannons at you. What? Could you turn your microphone up? <laughs>
Don't Salvatore, speak up, speak up. Oh, that'd be fun. Let's pull the cat back. Previously on the Tag Team Podcast. Episode 15, that is November the 27th of the good year of 1984. We opened the show with Vince McMahon referring to Lord Alfred Hayes as the answer to the Cabbage Patch doll. And next we have Tony Atlas giving an interview. And we learn that Tony Atlas is actually a really good artist. I think he may have started the photographs of the big-headed people with the small bodies that you can get done at the fair. So he may have really kicked that off and he doesn't know it. And from there, we go to a match with Tony Atlas versus Gino Carabello. Gino was a jobber. That was our main point in this one. I love that song. <laughs> Everything was twos. And we did not get to see the Tonga Kid Superfly in action as Vince promised. Vince. So next, we go back to the studio and Tony Atlas has a pose down. He poses for the audience. And since he was Mr. USA, obviously, he had good reason. But yet, there was one boo in the crowd. We don't know who that was. Next up, we had Paul Orndorff, and when he first comes in the studio, he has his robe on, and we learn that everything is made special for Mr. Wonderful. Then next, we have a match with Paul Orndorff versus Rick McGraw, and we did learn something special about Rick McGraw, and if you're interested, go back and listen to the episodes. I don't have time to recap. After that match, we go back to the studio, and we see Mr. Tony Atlas and Paul Orndorff has a confrontation due to Tony's painting of Paul Orndorff, or Paula Orndorff. After the smoke clears, we go to an interview with Mr. Rene Goulet, and we visit the Goulet Cafe. Before anything else, we go to a match with Rene Goulet versus Nick DiCarlo at the Toronto Maple Leaf Center. Once we finish up in Canada, we come on back, and we have cooking with Rene Goulet. And for once, the wife is cooking. Shaking your head. <laughs> Do we really have cooking? Well, I think you have to have an end result to have cooking. They had something. Paper mache. Maybe USA Network had cooking. We did not. It says cook. We'll just go with it. Vince McMahon makes the retort that, oh, I see you have been eating Mrs. Goulet's cooking. As he comments that the food is very fattening. We'll let y'all decide if that's a backhanded compliment or go from there. Next, we see Rocky Johnson and Moondog Spot in action. And then we get to meet the infamous, the one and only, Spooler. And we see the Spooler in action versus Billy Travis. And for our final event, we have Tony Atlas versus Paul Orndorff and a man-old versus man-old who's down. And that was episode 15. Episode 16, December 4th, 1984. I could not find on YouTube, so as of this podcast, I don't think it exists. 999, network only. I can confirm. I checked on MDMO and the other two websites. Swoosh, and there's another one. Something Play. And yeah, I can find it myself either. Sorry, folks. Because I needed it. <laughs> I needed another platform to play it on, and I couldn't find it. So, good job, Vince. Thanks for deleting that from the internet. Hi, I am Bosley, and I am here with Hulk Hogan. Hulk, thanks for being part of this promo for the new Tag Team Podcast Shop campaign. Sure, no problem. For each shirt or item sold, a portion goes to the Tag Team Podcast to help fund the web bandwidth cost. We have shirts starting at $24.49. Wow, that's unbelievable. If we sold all those shirts, where's my percentage? Hulk, you don't get a percentage. Some of the money goes to the Tag Team Podcast since they are their shirts. Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. Do you want to cash me outside how about that? That's not what I want. Look, man, I made a mistake. I apologize. I was a real horse's ass. That's what I thought. To visit the Tag Team Pod Shop, go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Tag Team Pod Shop, all one word, or click on the link in the description of this podcast or on the side of the web page. 
do it. Brother, I guess I blew that one. It's okay Hulk, our listening audience are used to it. That's for damn sure. We had a very ugly incident. He's alright, he's just sleeping. It's that time again. So, John, what does the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and the Waffle House have in common? I think Macho Man wore yellow and black at one time. That's all I got. That's an acceptable answer. I did not know that. Yeah, it's one of his many color coordination things. The answer I was looking for was incidents that happen late night when you're hungry. Oh, dang. Yes, Macho Man was among the many that have incidents outside of wrestling. Imagine that. And actually, this, we're going to go back to the late 70s. Let me set the scene for you. It was late on a Wednesday night in the late 70s and Mantel and Savage just finished working a Nashville house show in front of a sold out crowd. Randy was traveling with Rip Rogers who was going by the name of the Disco Kid at the time and Randy was hungry so they did what many professional wrestlers traveling in the south would do. Pulled up to the local Waffle House, cheap easy pancakes and they're open 24 hours so it's perfect for somebody that's on the road trying to get a quick bite before going home or going to the next show. Cause on Dally that we don't have Dairy Queens down here. <laughs> so once everybody unloads out of the car, gets into the Waffle House. Savage and Rip had only been sitting in there just for a few moments when their waitress came to take their order. We're giving their orders to the waitress. A skinny little cowboy type walked through the door and in a loud voice boomed out the news that, hey, I've just gotten married. Now, he intended this for the third shift Waffle House staff behind the counter and not for Randy. Later on, it was known that the little cowboy was a frequent customer and knew all the Waffle House employees. This will be relevant later. Well, the waitresses were very elated and they immediately walked away from the table where she had been taking Randy's and Rip's order and gave the cowboy a high five. Macho Man took this as a sign of disrespect. Randy was hungry. He wanted food. So Savage had heard what the cowboy had said when he entered. As the conversation about the marriage continued, the cowboy said that he was in really in love with this girl. Savage out of nowhere had to add his two cents. Savage said out loud and to nobody in particular, but he made sure that everybody could hear him. Who gives a the conversation in the Waffle House came to a screeching halt as everybody stopped and looked. The skinny little cowboy didn't like what Savage said. He had to defend his honor, defend his marriage. So the skinny little cowboy, he looked squarely at Randy. He said, what'd you say? Savage looked back at the cowboy and repeated what he said at first. Not that there was any doubt about what he said originally. But the cowboy walked just a few steps towards Savage as Savage was sitting there. Looked down at him and says, we got a problem? Savage arose from his seat like an old western gunslinger and stood up in the face of the cowboy eye to eye. Mind you, to get a picture, the cowboy weighed a buck fifty soaking wet. And you know how big Savage was. So the cowboy listened as Savage countered with a question of his own gravelly, oh yeah, dig it, voice that would years later be his trademark sound. I don't know. Do we? Moving forward, we have a knife pulled out. Later on, the police entered. We have a police dog to get the rest of the juicy incident. Please go to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash tag team podcast, where we will provide links to the story. And also we will provide a link to to the actual story from Montel's actual book. Recap in the 16th episode of Tuesday Night Titans, December 4th, 1984. I would say, do you remember what Vince and Lord were joking with this time? But there was nothing. No joking. This was serious business. But there was fans have wrote in and saying, we'd like to recap the episode with matches we've already seen. I call bullshit. But yeah. that's up to you to listen on that one. Yeah, I definitely didn't write that in my vote to Vince. I still haven't got my card back. I just want my card back. <laughs>
<laughs> but it was the Teresa St. Clair stationery shop, I believe. Yeah, that it was. We put together a Jeep. We don't feel like doing much episode, and we'll just show a bunch of reruns. So. And they bring along Amy McMullen for stuff to be used later on in the episode. Now, was she the reporter or the writer for WWF Magazine? Yep, she was the one that had a grudge with Paul Orndorff. Mr. Anti Orndorff. Yeah. I think she's Jelly of the Wonderful. <laughs> he won't give her the time of day. She says, you know what? I'm going to be despiteful. I think she should have been in the pose down with Tony and Orndorff. Probably would have had better viewership than what they had for the two men. I'd watch twice, at least. <laughs> so our first rerun is the famous Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snuka, Piper's Pit, which also include the slap heard around the studio. And the reason we hadn't seen Ronnie Piper back, supposedly. I support that. I guess I do. You should. Assault on an Englishman is no way to go. <laughs> Push a lord. I think that's jail fine, actually. Over there. Probably so. At least a good fine of some quid. <laughs> Another two. I guess we should bring up why they're doing all this. Apparently, unbeknownst to us, Paul Vachon is getting married. I'm hoping maybe they talked about it on one of their other television shows they had. Because, yeah, they left us nothing. Last week on TNT, they didn't mention this. As they were coming back from there, fading into the flower shop, Alfred had a little Christmas card with the Santa Claus. And when you open it up, he opened up his costume. And it was a big old banner that says, Season Greetings. Pop-up Yes. So I guess he was in a festive mood at the time, and I thought that's why he went into the flower shop. Well, they had to acknowledge it was December, I guess, and couldn't really tell from where they were at or the outside shots they did. No snow in St. Clair for some reason this time of year. Next we go to, they get rid of Amy, and it's just Vince and Lord Alfred again, and they head on over to the florist shop. And did you notice where Alfred's assistant was? You mean inside the refrigerator? Yes, with the rest of his women that he locks up and hides. That's what I was thinking, exactly. <laughs> Luckily, Vince was there to get her out of there. Vince was the hero. Lord Alfred created his own bouquet of flowers for the bride and trinket. I don't know what he was creating for the groom, but some kind of weird design, I guess. The bride's flowers was held together by looks like an Indiana Jones leather whip. It had a, a dead bird on the top of it to top it off. Yeah, going for pop culture at the time, for sure. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves a dead bird. Yeah. And as John said, for the groom, there was a big basket with, I'm not going to say they were mushrooms. It was really more of a fall colors. I guess it matched the December. Colors were most unusual, as Vince said, a couple times during that segment. Yeah. And I don't think they were all flowers. So it looked like a mushroom maybe in the basket, it looks like. But he did say, hey, the basket clips onto the belt to keep the groom's hands free for putting rings on and other things. Always important to note there. Oh, yeah. So the next rerun they show is Mr. Fuji getting mad because of his Japanese geisha spilling sake. Miss all the Vince dress up part from the original episode. Yes. Go back and watch the original episode. Do yourself a flavor. That was the major cutting point for that episode. Yeah, they showed the blooper of the table not breaking when Fuji chops it a couple times too. Other than that, there wasn't as much highlight to this re-aired edited clip. It was number five on the list, so must have been a viewer must want to see. Yeah, sure. Next up, they have the Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch segment where Mean Gene goes out and tries to find where Adrian Adonis lives and then later on Dick Murdoch joins up. Finally, we get to see Adrian Adonis's family, supposedly, out on the street and nobody knows who he is except for the old man with stage three dementia. He plays along as Uncle Joe. While they were looking for clothes for Murdoch, I believe one of Adrian Adonis's baby mamas was screaming out the window, Adrian! He's like, get back in the house! Shut the door! 
power. I'm sure that was embarrassing. Yes. Put me on TV. I got your baby. <laughs> well, she was screaming. Definitely. What we missed out of this episode was we didn't get to see Mean Jean go to the wrong place or the famous Adrian Adonis workout of touching sewer caps and doing cartwheels on the way back. But that's okay because we got to see Adrian Adonis and the great Murdoch ride buddy and b- on the motorcycle as they go blasting away 88 miles an hour to the wall <laughs> to the Madison Square Garden. We don't need roads. Next up, jewelry store. They go and look for the ring attire that will be worn by Paul Vachon. I don't remember saying anything for the wife, so I guess this was all Paul Vachon's decor. I think they said that the bride was still choosing his gift, but Paul Vachon had went ahead and chose that starfish-looking thing with the gems. Oh, I got your comparison right here. <laughs> what you think. Do you think that's accurate? Just went off his favorite food, his favorite appetizer from TGI Fridays. Looks like a potato skin to me. I'm sold. So much for my wrinkled up starfish. Yeah, potato skin. You can see the bacon. Wrinkled up potato skin. Yes, that that might be our new profile picture on Facebook. (laughs) Can you bronze my potato skin and make it look like jewelry? Please. She says yes. I think they said it was about a pound and a half or two pounds. This is pretty heavy potato skin. Puts the extra cheese on there, loads that bad boy up. So good. Making me get fat just thinking about it. <laughs> so good. So then we got a false. We'll be right back because we get our fan on the street. Vince McMahon wants to interview people, the fans, about the Vashon wedding. And the first one he interviews on, he's talking about the bride, the wedding bride, and what the fans think about Vashon's bride. And the second one, which is this one, they talks about the wedding bride again, but they're guessing that the bride probably looks like a dog. Due to the wedding veil that's over her face. Yeah. Next up, interview. Sergeant Slaughter, Cobra Corps segment that we've only seen three times now. Yay. Yeah, it's about time Sergeant Slaughter got some recognition for his hard work with the Cobra Corps. Poor old coon. Yep. Bad news, sir. I still love it every time. <laughs> I'll never get old. If you hadn't seen it yet, our wanted poster is still out there for Coon looking for his pants for Bad News Brown. So please help out and call him if you see him. Also, Sergeant Slaughter's lost tag team partner. We're still on the lookout for him as well. Yep, we got a missing poster out there for Terry Daniels and the missing blue box. Still looking for both of those guys. Please call if you see either one. Just leave us a message. We'll get back to you and we will have PayPal information ready on hand if you can find any of these items. Yes. Always call the tag team tagline with any information. Never call us direct. No, 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 no. We don't answer. Exactly. Leave voicemail <laughs> on the tag team taglines. What's there for, people? Get on it. It's free. Style numbers. Yep. After the Cobra Corps, we go back to Vince on the street because he needs more time with the fans. <laughs> Even though it's a private wedding. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they were <laughs> almost as clueless as we were when they heard Paul Vachon's getting married. What's this happening? The real question was, who the hell's Paul Vachon? <laughs> Bad dog? No, it's brother. He has a brother? What? One that can sing? That guy? You mean you mean Nikolai Volkov? No. <laughs> Foreign, yes, but no, no, not the same. But yeah, we do go back. Vince was asking about Paul Vachon's wife, and the guy jokingly says, Oh, I hope he's a wrestler, because he's a mean hombre. And I think they said something about Wendy Richter, and I think we all kind of got a, <laughs> yeah, because we know the Samoans, yeah. Lord Alfred Hayes, Hulk Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter's got first dibs. Yeah, you're going to go to the back of the line for that. Not sure you want to wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> lot of mono going on. So after the Vince on the street, we come back and it's Vince and Lord Alfred Hayes again, and they're in a bakery. Mm. Time for some wedding cake tasting, sort of. I like sort of. Yeah. Because nothing's ready yet. <laughs> We got this cake here. I'm going to taste it. Alfred, I don't think you should. I'm tasting it. Screw you, Vince. Sticks his finger out there and gets a side of the icing and tastes it. And thinks it's Canadian geese eggs. Probably used in the making of. Vince kind of puts his foot in his mouth and says, we don't know what's in it. Like, sort of insulting-like manner, but she didn't pick up on it, the bakery lady, so got away with it. I don't think I've ever had a Canadian geese egg. I don't think I'd ever want a Canadian geese egg. I'm not a big fan of Canadian geese since they've decided to migrate to North Carolina in the summertime. Are you mad because you can't run them over? Uh, no comment. But yeah, they are annoying. They think they own everything. They like, no, you can't run them over and just walk out in the middle of traffic, whatever. And then look at you like you're stupid. Yeah. What are you going to do? Run me over? Go ahead. You can't. You go chill. Uh-huh. Yep. Next up, we have the famous Hulk Hogan in Mean Jeans kitchen while he's smoking a cigarette and eating breakfast and goes to train him and show him how to eat a real breakfast. Eight eggs raw. And one breath, one glass, one man. Ugh. Looks like to me they cut out some of the background shots that they showed previously. That I didn't pick up on it as much with the family of whoever's house they were in. Yeah, in the living room. They cut out a lot. Yeah. They did. They kind of re-edited most of these clips to tidy them up and make them how they should have been when they first aired. Yeah, for sure. It was poor Mean Gene. I think if he'd have stayed with the python powder, I think he'd be in a lot better shape. But he wouldn't be as jolly as he is. No, he is pretty a jolly guy. Probably want to get in shape for Wendy, too. Yeah, he's in shape. Just not an hourglass, I guess. Circles of shape, guys. All right. From the training, we go into Vince and Lord Alfred going to what I've dubbed the men's warehouse. It's not really a tuxedo place. They're just wearing sports coat and some bow ties and top hats, but not getting fit for tux or anything like that. So I say men's warehouse. Yeah, I don't really know what the point of them going in there. I didn't really see anything they were going to try on. I wanted Alfred in a red suit or make it. So Alfred also picked this out. And look how stupid it looks. The warehouse, that seems to be the main reason why they went there. But yep, after that, we go to the famous eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. And he talks about all the same stuff that he did originally. I don't think cut anything out of this. So they were happy with the original clip, apparently. Talks about his where he gets stuff made, what it's like going to Japan, then wants to sing a song. Song and sings his fish song. Best song ever. If you have a chance to watch it, must watch it. Or go back and listen to our original review on it. Must listen to song for sure. I just didn't believe he had a set of vocals on him that he did. Yeah, Paul Sean, watch out. Well, definitely. Can you sing? Yes. After that fun underwater SpongeBob tale, we move on. And from the fish song, we go back to Vince on the street. And see, he's good with the microphone. And he asks a guy, what do you think would happen with Vashon being 319 pounds and his wife being 119 pounds? And our famous celebrity that we get to interview on the street, he says, well, I hope she don't get crushed because he's a bigger person than her. 
Hilarious. Giggle, giggle. And from there, meet up with Amy McMullen, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Vince McMahon. They show off a gown, and then they go to an interview. To an interview with Adrian Adonis, Dick Murdoch, and Jay Strumbo. Chief Jay Strumbo. I have a spoiler on him, but I'll, I'll wait to another time he's on the show. If he never comes up again, I'll just bring it up at random. No, keep us in suspense. I'm going to tune into another episode that he's on. Hopefully none, but I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere between now and 1986. Hopefully. <laughs> During the interview, we see the normal Adrian Adonis and Dick Marduk bullying on the couch. And then we go out and we see Chief Strongbow doing a ritual dance as he was showing off his Native American people and ancestry. And we have Adrian Adonis and Murdoch in the Oldsmobile Plymouth New York car screaming and hollering and yelling out the window. Very offensive. Very offensive. And after that, we pan back and I believe we are in the middle of a Amy McMillan versus Lord Alfred Hayes challenge. Yeah, the real reason they brought her along, pretty much. And Alfred's challenge was for Amy to model and to show off the bedroom attire that Mrs. Bashan will be wearing after the wedding. Will she do it? Will she not do it? Lord Alfred Hayes seals the deal with a, I dare you, very playgroundish middle school dare. Yes, very Christmas story. He didn't triple dog dare, so she could have got out of it, but I think she was game anyway. Yeah, I kind of seen that from the first segment, which will touch on after we review the whole thing. So after that, we hear Vince McMahon say, Amy McMillan is going to go upstairs to think about it, aka stay tuned. Because <laughs> I know she's not coming down any different. And then we have an interview with Bob Orton, which by the way, Bob Orton is noted in the WWF as the longest wrestler to have an injury and to wear a cast. So says Jerry Lawler. Oh, it's true. Damn true. Yeah, I think it was like three years. Yeah, maybe what Lord Alfred Hayes about the scar tissue does hold weight, never gets to heal. It's blading his arm. <laughs> During the Bob Orton interview, we do cut to a match. <laughs> match of the show so far, record setting. Where he was wrestling Pat Patterson. We all know the outcome of that. And then we come back to the studio with Bob Orton and we see Alfred Hayes attempting to get on the horse. Vince McMahon with the assist. Yes. We should say. <laughs> For the full load down on that, you'll have to listen to the original episode in our review. Definitely. And we see the pose off between John Wayne, the Duke, and Lord Alfred Hayes, which is on our Facebook page. Credit goes to John for that. That was awesome. Do what I can. <laughs> and then we go back and we have the payoff we have all been waiting for. Some listeners may find no, it's not really that bad for lingerie. It's probably stuff that would show on TV in the 60s and 70s. It was a Sears catalog. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Unfortunately. The Greg Valentine oil massage rub down was more scampier. Way worse. Yeah. Way more entertaining. <laughs> but yes, she did come down in that in her nightgown and garment that she was dared to wear. And she does take off the garment and put it over Alfred's head and says, when I'm good, I'm good. And when I'm bad, I'm bad. Wraps it around his head and kisses him. And they go to commercial. And we come back with the most happiest lady to be there of all time. Vincent Lord Alfred Hayes travel agency segment. More travel agency sandwich. <laughs> it's more like it. <laughs> she looked like she wanted to get out of there, and these were her two creepy uncles. Yes, this was a Thanksgiving going wrong for her. In the garage, yes. Very creepy. Vince was a little more than uh, handy with this one. Pretty sure there was a hand going around. We put up an awkward Facebook shot of that screen capture. Yeah, it pretty much spells the whole incident out for you once you see that. Yes, there was nothing comfortable about this whole segment. I think she was very weirded out the whole time. 
seems like it. But we do learn that they are going to go to Africa for their romantic honeymoon, which was kind of strange. They all admitted. But luckily, with the help from Alfred Hayes, he has chosen British Airways to fly them comfortably to Africa. And then next, they are going to go to Bulgaria. They will have a safari, and then they will have to share a one-meal lunch on Mount Kilimanjaro. I guess they couldn't afford. Lucky for them, Rusev was probably only like three years old at the time, so... They were safe. Bulgarian brute was not in existence at the time, so yes, total safety. Definitely. And they also, while they are there, they will have a Sahara Oasis tasting. Whatever that is, yeah. Don't you get much information on that. And then they next would have a Uganda Bash Festival, which is an annual festival for the people there in Uganda. By Kamala. Indeed. And then they were going to do spear catching at the festival. Sounds dangerous. Yes. And then next they would head to the the BZ Crocodile Racing, which they did have a picture of the Crocodile Racing. And finally, just when you think it couldn't get hot enough, they had gorilla tracking. Will it be? Will it be? The gorilla. And it does appear that it consists of wearing masks and having a spear and a bow. Gorilla Monsoon, you're on notice. Yep. Look out. Might get Pearl Harbored. Good night, Irene. And that will be the glorious wedding night to seal the deal for these crazy people. They close out by going back to the bridal shop and the bakery lady comes back and gives them cookies. Tons and tons of cookies. That was episode 16 of this most unusual TNT. Understatement. Yes. One wrestling match. The whole show. This is a wrestling show, right? I think so. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate everything you do for us. Exactly. Thanks for uh, half this show. So comparing this episode to others besides the reruns and the only one wrestling match, did you happen to catch anything else? Besides the really strange people out when Vince was interviewing, I didn't really catch anything that caught my eye noteworthy. Did you happen to bag anything? I thought the first segment was kind of weird. I don't know if they're trying to like have hidden intentions or something, but Lord Alfred Hayes and Amy McMullen about to kiss. That was kind of weird out of nowhere. Of course, it is the 80s and we know how free the WWF is with kissing. I think that was every TV show game host, Family Feud and Passing Up the Mono and all the other we don't know about this disease yet well, guess what? Robert Dawson gave it to everyone. Everybody. But just before they actually touched, the square popped up there and started the next segment, so we don't know if they actually made contact or not. Probably not. But it was weird. Because she did get him back with the veil over the face. Yeah, she showed him. Bam. Ain't gonna see this one coming. Nope. And then they did show the commercials different. We talked about the man on the street leading up to some of them, and then for the most part, most of their segments wherever they were at the people that were there with them that actually well hypothetically owned the establishment led them out to commercial on all of them or most of them the men's warehouse suit guy was not privileged enough to lead them out to commercial but seemed like all the other ones led them out to commercial but other than that that's all i noticed besides the the weird formatting it was interesting i probably wouldn't have put some of those clips in there not my favorites but we'll do that some other day when it's our favorite review end of the season show or whatever huh i do have some facts from december 4th 1984 
Acting up. What you got? Ooh, Joe Thomas. He is a offensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns. He was born December 4th, 1984, and it is revealed throughout his career that he has experienced in early stages of memory loss, and he's when I like this affect his career. He's going to go on and follow everybody else and hope that it's the same play. He's not going to be able to remember the place. And I read a little deeper into that, and he said that he doesn't blame it on his football career because whether he was stocking shells, whether he was riding a forklift or whatever, he thinks this is something that would happen to him anyway. So he doesn't fully blame NFL versus all the research showing that linemen and offensive tackling are the first to get the brain injuries and the brain hemorrhages and whatnot because they do make contact on every play and they do receive the damage even with the helmet on. Therefore, proving the doctor's diagnosis that he has brain injuries. Yes. He won't admit it because 10 years he's made 80 million. I wouldn't blame NFL either. Just saying. <laughs> and next we have Brooke Nicole Adams. Crickets. Yeah, me too. She is, she is an American model and a professional wrestler. She's a three-time TNA Knockouts champion, former one-time TNA Knockouts tag team champion with Tara, also known as TNT for those that watch TNA. Crickets, yep, me too. Also, she previously worked for the WWE between 2006 and 2007. Future. I don't remember. I don't know if I was... There was a gap where I wasn't watching wrestling. I don't remember if that was during that time or not. It probably was. Yeah, it was, like I say, between 2006 to 2007. So it was probably a six-month span of, yeah, we can't do the Attitude Era no more. We got to clean it up, I imagine. Yeah, probably so. And music. So music for this day and year. We have Daryl Hall and John Oates. Hall and Oates, mind you, with the song Out of Touch. We have Wham! Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, still hanging in there. We have John's favorite band. Shaka Khan. With I Feel For You. We have Duran Duran with wild boys and we have our favorite lady cindy lopper with all through the night meanwhile over in the uk they had band-aid do they know it's christmas <laughs> yeah it's the worst song ever we have a famous frankie goes to hollywood with the power of love i believe that was a ghostbusters one yeah i'm not sure it's the power of love that was hueless in the news but yeah the title makes more sense for that song and then we have Wham! with Last Christmas and Everything She Wants. We have Paul McCartney and the Frog Chorus. So I like the fish song. <laughs> with We Stand Together. And finally, we have Madonna, Like a Virgin, touched for the very first time, money. And if you watch Reservoir Dogs, they explain extensively what that song's about. Awesome movie. Yes. And that, my friend, is the historical facts for December 4th, 1984. And preview of what's to come next. It would be very disappointing if there wasn't a Paul Vachon wedding after this whole episode. So we got that to look forward to for some of us. And according to the generic network preview, we got Captain Lou and Wild Samoans. So if you needed your Captain Lou fix, he's back. And he brought his original tag team that kicked off the first episode. Might as well kick off the last one for 1984, the Wild Samoans. And I hope that we have some reminiscent of the Samoans. And I hope we can kind of have an episode of nostalgia, as they say. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. What do you want? 
You keep touching my leg. And with that, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Remember to keep downloading. Check us out on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your family's friends. Tell your friends of your family to download, download, download. Download. Thank you for listening to the Tag Team Podcast. Join Jeff and John next week as they continue to break down WWF Tuesday Night Titans. And I don't like that, quite honestly. Not in this day and age. No? No, we're in 1985 almost.